Live from the Twin Cities, we're the Daves You Know, this is the Daves I Know. Welcome back. Uh, a, a two uh, two pod week this week, uh, and actually, this is I think is episode one hundred and ninety nine, uh, almost two hundred episodes of this godforsaken podcast um, that some of you keep listening to, and we have a uh, some some special guests. We're do, we're doing a Euro twenty twenty, uh, don't call it twenty twenty one preview pod. Uh, we have uh, uh, MJ regular regular co host MJ back in the in the saddle. How's it going, MJ? But. I'm so absent-minded during our regular pods. It feels like I'm a special guest. That's true. Uh, Dan Wade is back. Dan, hey, come on, buddy. Doing good. Doing good. I'm. Uh, I'm stoked for this tournament. The quality of play in Euro has gone way up. There's going to be a ton of great games. It is. It is. And then uh, special, very special guest, uh, Patreon member uh, Eric Grady is here to join us to talk uh, Euros. Eric, how are you doing, bud? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank well, thank you for joining us. I I, I put it out there uh, on the uh, on the internets uh, yesterday, two days ago. Like, if it, it seemed if anyone was interested in joining us, and Eric uh, graciously stepped up to uh, deal with uh, mine and MJ's inane bullshit, and then uh, I managed to coax Dan uh, out of the the cave that he's been living in, uh, <laughs> doing all doing all of his work. He's doing a lot of really great work. But he's been stuck in a cave pretty much uh, for the last like three months. So um, yeah, I coaxed Dan out. So we have a a full a full a full house here for the for the podcast. Woo-hoo. All right. Yeah. All right. So let's let's actually just let's jump straight into it. Um, MJ, do you want to go over the format for the Euro tournament this year? I would love to go over the format. Six groups of four teams each. That's twenty four teams total. The top two teams from each group advanced, just like normal. But in order to get that magic 16 teams in the knockout, in addition to the top two teams from each group, those 12 teams will be joined by the four top third-place teams, which means in two of the groups, the third-place teams are going to lose out. They're not going to be happy. Um, Another weird thing about this Euro is that there were originally 12 t- uh, cities planned to be as hosts in 12 different countries. Rather than having one country be the host as Euro traditionally does it. And this was planned way back in 2014. So it's not like COVID caused this to disperse into these like random little isolated pods. But uh, COVID did play a factor in the fact that uh, the stadium in Belgium was delayed. So that dropped as a host city. Dublin didn't think they could get enough fans for UEFA to make money due to COVID. So Dublin dropped as a host city and other cities had to come in and, and uh, substitute, which I believe were London and then uh, St. Petersburg a second time. Yeah, and it is uh, should be noted that this is determined every game will have fans there in some capacity. Um, I think at the the, the the smallest numbers like 20 percent capacity uh up to expect expecting the final uh semifinal and final in in Wembley at Wembley um to be 100 percent capacity assuming everything goes well uh in England so there are uh players at every single 
there will be fans at every single match, um, which is part of the reason why Dublin had to, to bail. I, I don't think they were prepared to have fans at all. So, um, so yeah, so it, it is interesting. It, it is when it was announced, it, it sounded like a really cool idea. Uh, just sort of this like pan European soccer tournament. Uh, and uh, obviously uh, the last, you know, uh, 18 months have uh, kicked that uh, plan in the balls. So, um, all right. Thank you, MJ. So, I'll point one other thing out. Yeah. It's, it's weird that uh, each team is allowed to have a base camp where they must basically, uh, Dan, what's the medical, the COVID term I'm looking for? Uh, quarantine. quarantine. Yeah, thank you. Quarantine. Uh, and some of the teams chose to have their base camp located closer to the host cities, you know, a couple of years, like Slovakia picked St. Petersburg as their host city. Um, uh, some team picked Romania um, to be their base camp. So uh, a lot of, again, COVID influencing where teams are training and being based uh, to minimize travel, to minimize border crossing. Yeah. So um, Eric or Dan, anything you guys want to add on the, the tournament? I, I mean, what are you, what are your, uh, the Euro tournament tends to be, a better tournament than the world cup in terms of like the soccer play, just because it's typically better teams. There's not, there's not, we don't see tons of blowouts and stuff. Um, but uh, are there any, do you guys have any specific Euro memories or anything that you want to t- touch on before we jump into the tournament? I think Euro is just super fun because there's so much history between these teams. Um, I love the world cup matchups where it's like, yeah, Costa Rica goes on a tear and, and all of a sudden now you have a history of Costa Rica playing England and all that kind of stuff. But the Euros, these teams play each other so often in so many competitions. There's so much bad blood. I mean, you're talking about a competition where England wrote a song about how they were about to win a tournament that they didn't actually win, uh, namely Euro 96. And it, cho- it topped the charts in England multiple years. Every time England gets good, the lightning seeds football's coming home starts chopping the charts again. Like clockwork, it's incredible. So I, I love this tournament. Uh, this one's a little bittersweet for me. Uh, had COVID not happened, uh, my wife's and I long delayed honeymoon was going to be to Scotland uh, about this time. And we were planning on going to games, which obviously didn't happen because the last 18 months of the last 18 months. Damn. So... Uh, but you know, being able like, that's, it's the kind of thing that you get that excited for, uh, as a soccer fan. So, and, and this one should be particularly good. There's a, there's a lot of good teams, which we'll get to. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I guess for me, um, I'm relatively new to the, the Euro scene. I used to be kind of just a, a world cup guy and I got more into overall world soccer, EPL championship, everything within the last like 10 years. So still kind of, still kind of new for me. And, but a lot of these players I recognize and I'm excited to uh, learn more, even more about it. I'm excited for the tournament. So. Yeah. This is also like, I mean, the world cup has been what won by six countries ever. Like this, this tournament actually like you could, I mean, fucking Greece uh, won the euros uh, a while ago. So um, any team it, it's oh, not, I'm not saying I'm not going to, what's not, what's not, joke kid ourselves not any team can win this tournament but you could see a denmark 
uh, or something, or, you know, go on a run and win this tournament. So that is that is actually kind of the the, the brilliant part of the Euros too. So, all right, let's let's jump in. Uh, let's start with Group A. Uh, that is uh, the host uh, host cities are Rome and Baku. Italy is plus eight hundred. Switzerland is plus sixty six hundred. Uh, that of uh, Shakiri fame, Liverpool legend star. Um, Liverpool, Granite Jaka, Stoke uh, City, uh, FC Aral star, uh, Granite Jaka, um, with Jerome Tieson. Uh, Turkey plus 6,600, Wales plus 20,000. So, this is an interesting group. Uh, let's start with Italy and Grady. Why don't you uh, kick us off with Italy? Yeah, I was, um, really surprised that I just didn't know as many players on Italy as I thought I would. Um, I'm half Italian. I always grew up rooting for them in world cups. It was like, if I'm half Irish, if Ireland happened to make it, then I could root for them, but they were nowhere near, obviously this was Italy. <laughs> Ireland's never going to make it to the euros. <laughs> uh, they, they were, uh, they were in a world cup one time, I think, but uh, in 1994, actually hey, here in the U S I think I have the Jersey in my closet actually, but um, no, I was surprised. I think, I think the deal is I just don't watch that much Serie A. And so, um, I, so I learned a lot anyways, um, reviewing it. Um, they still, you know, Italy's always been known for their defense on the international level. Uh, one thing they are saying is that they are picking up their attacking prowess. Um, they are getting a little bit older in spots. Um, they said they have one, one, if not the best manager in Roberto Mancini. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, to some of these players, I feel like, I, I vaguely knew who they were, but now after reading about them, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, this, you know, this is this guy, this is that guy. So I'm I'm excited to see this will be be a good preview because they weren't in the last World Cup, right? So I feel like I didn't learn about a lot of these players that there was a big gap there. So um, I think they've got a good shot to win it. Uh, it's talking about their they have a couple older players. Um, they have Leonardo Benucci, who's 34 from uh, from Juve. And uh, Cialini is 36 now, who's kind of been their stalwart there. He's getting up in the years. And, um, but now they're saying that they're also casting like their future towards uh, Bestoni. So um, I don't know if there's uh... then they said their star man is Lorenzo Insigne from Napoli, um, 30 years old. He's had five, seven goals and 35 uh, caps for the national team. And um, I don't know. They, they've got a, they've got a good shot. They're definitely one of the favorites. And um, hopefully the Azuri will go far. I, I will be rooting for them as a uh, fellow Paisano. Very good. Uh, so Switzerland is up next. Um, anybody have anything on Switzerland, or do you want me to to uh, jerk off Jordan uh, Shakiri a little bit more? Switzerland's one of those teams that is probably they're not fodder for for winning the tournament they're they're strong in this group but i think that's reflective of a, a weirdly flat group besides italy uh but they're gonna surprise some teams they're a team that consistently plays really hard and shakiri honestly is is representative of that granite shaka as mj alluded to uh one very interesting thing will be to see if they get in trouble again. Uh, both Shakiri and Shaka are of, uh, I believe, Albanian descent. From yes, the last, they are. The last, I, I was 99% sure, and then I wanted to clear that 1%, because if I got it backwards, that was going to be a real big fucking problem. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
and uh, in the last World Cup, or I'm sorry, last Euros, they both made the, the hand symbol of a double-headed eagle, uh, expressing their heritage, and a whole lot of fans got really upset about that. Neither of them was one iota repentant, so it'll be really interesting to see if they do it again, or hell, if they double down and do some cool celebration with both of them. I'm honestly here for that. Yeah. They were but, playing uh, against, Switzerland was playing against Serbia, that's right. And Slobodan Milosevic was the reason why their families had to immigrate out of Albania. Right. Persecuted as Muslims and, and, and go to Switzerland. So that's why it was a big deal for those two players because they were playing Serbia. Serbia didn't make this Euro, so um, we'll see if it's still a, a thing. Yes, that's great, MJ. I'm really appreciative of that context because I had forgotten most of it. I just remember the the uproar. But that's a little bit what I was referring to of like, yeah, there's a lot of history between these teams, sometimes including wars and genocides. And like people don't forget that shit. And you don't you don't leave that in the locker room when there are deep-seated tensions like this. Yeah. The other thing I'll say about Switzerland too is they're actually one of the teams that has most of their players in their in you know their quote unquote peak, uh the twenty-four to twenty-nine. Uh of the their their twenty six man roster, um, nineteen, if I'm reading this correctly, nineteen players are in their peak. Uh, that includes uh, Jan Sommer, their goal the goalkeeper who's like, who's in the in the thirty plus range. So we don't really count goalkeepers at thirty plus as not being in their peaks because goalkeepers age gracefully like fine wines. Um, so most of the players that that are playing for the Switzerland team are in their, you know, their again the quote unquote peak, uh, twenty four to twenty nine year old range. So, it's it's a team that's played together a lot. Um, so to Dan, to your point, it, it it is a team that I think could, um, you know, just play fucking really fucking hard and knock some people off uh, at the end. Um, if they just get through to the knockout round. I don't think any team is going to want to see Switzerland uh, in the knockout round. I think there will be a team that people will be trying to avoid. So, Can I just really quick say something yeah. about my, my love of Shakiri? Please so, do. Um, I, this is a, this is a, a Shakiri love podcast, man. Just anytime you want to talk about Shakiri, just let us know. This is about Liverpool. I, I, this is about I, Stoke, David. I came to the right place. Um, so, yeah, I follow a, a pretty small championship side now, but a few years back we were in the EPL and we had a, uh, we like to call it Stokelonia. It was like Barcelona, but it was uh, Stokelona. And that was headed up by uh, Boyan and uh, Marco Arnautovic, who I think is going to come up later, and our man, Jordan uh, Sekiri. And man, did he score some absolute bangers. It was it was fun for um, the few months that, that it lasted. I think actually we beat... Liverpool like six zero. I don't remember yeah, that at all. Time. That was not. Yeah. I that, oh I'm God. pretty sure that didn't happen. So yeah. <laughs> all right, let's 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 talk Turkey. Um, they're at uh, plus sixty six hundred. Uh, same same odds as Switzerland. Uh, MJ, uh, what do we have on uh, on Turkey? The television contracts for the uh, Turkish Super League uh, have never been that great in the United States. Uh, I did find out this year that Blackheart can get the games thanks to david and Wes, but you will not know a lot of names there are not a lot of household names on the roster for turkey however the clubs they play for are all household names we have west brom leicester city obviously fenerbahce and galatasaray uh dusseldorf in, in germany milan Lille, uh liverpool etc so 
um, the captain, uh, Burak Yilmaz, uh, the forward, he and uh, another forward, Yusuf uh, Yezidi, both play for Lille that just won Ligue 1 in France with one Daryl DK of the U.S. So no, um, no, no, no. What? No, Daryl DK did not play for Lille. I think Wait, you're thinking. Who played, who, who, what was the U.S. player that played for Lille? I think you're thinking that Tim, Tim, Timmy Weah. Yeah. Timmy Weah, my bad. Thank you. DK was in the championship. My bad. On, on Timmy Thank you. Although Daryl DK does have a teammate on this squad because Brentford has a uh, has one of the midfielders, Halil. I'm going to butcher this last name, and I'm so sorry. Uh, Dervish Shoglu. There you go. Thank you, Dan. Uh, I like watching. I butchered that. I promise. <laughs> I like watching watching Turkey. They're they're tactically very sound. They play well as a team that tends to be very short, and so they don't play in the air a lot. You will not see a lot of volleys. You will not see a lot of headers. Um, they tend to play on the pitch and use their speed and movement to create space for passes on the pitch. It's a really fun brand of soccer. I saw them uh, upset uh, Petr Czech and, and Czech Republic um, at a Euro not that long ago. Uh, and uh, it was just super fun. So, yeah. Uh, all right. And then finally, we have Wales, uh, who are plus 20,000 to win the tournament. Um, Grady, you want to talk a little very quickly about Wales? Yeah, I was I was going to say more until I saw that odds line. And then I was like, why am I why am I wasting my <laughs> breath on, on Wales here? Um, I mean, I guess I thought they were just going to be better because Gareth Bale and um, it says here that he is a Tottenham legend. Tottenham doesn't have legends. According to Spurs fans, yes, he's yeah. a Tottenham, yeah. he's a Tottenham legend. So uh-huh. which, take that with a grain of salt. He's he's probably more a legend for his playing time at Tottenham than his not playing time at Real Madrid. That's fair. Okay, also true. Um. <laughs> anyways, it says they're you know like to line up defensively, try to hit on the counter. They made a 2016 semifinal run, um, coached by Ryan Giggs. I honestly, I just, I guess, I recognized a lot of players, so I thought that they were going to be better. But um, yeah, it looks like they're pretty big long shots. So let's not waste our breath on them. Crystal Palace's Wayne Hennessy and goal is all is always entertaining, right? For, right. for the wrong reason. All right. So, so who's winning the group? Uh, MJ, who's winning this group? Uh, Italy, but uh, that battle for second place is going to be really interesting. Between, All right. Between Switzerland and Turkey. Grady? Yeah, I'll take Italy too. Wade? I think this would be way more interesting if Italy wasn't playing their games in Rome, where they haven't lost in, I believe, 20 years. But Italy's got the home field advantage. They're going to roll this. Yep, I agree. Italy it is. So... All right, let's uh, let's jump over to Group B, uh, which is uh, hosted by St. Petersburg in Copenhagen. Uh, we'll start with the first team, uh, or sorry, sorry, we'll do all the teams, then we'll we'll jump back. Uh, Belgium is plus six hundred to win the tournament. Denmark plus twenty five hundred. Finland plus fifty thousand, and Russia plus uh, twelve thousand five hundred to win the tournament. Uh, let's start with Belgium, uh, one of the pre- you know prohibitive favorites of the tournament. Uh, MJ, let's uh, she tell us a little bit about Belgium. Uh, we all know that I have a huge love for Roberto Martinez for some reason. 
Um, maybe because he was good at Everton for a, for a brief period of time. Uh, I love the household names on uh, this team. Everyone from uh, Thibaut Courtois to uh, you know Romelu Lukaku, Jan Vertonghen. The the question for me is: Will veteran thirty uh, five year old Thomas Vermeulen uh, start in at center back for them? He's not a shoe in, but he's kind of an obvious choice. Uh, this last season, he played for Vissel Kobe in the J League in Japan with one Andre Siniesta. <laughs> and tearing up the J League is going to be nothing like playing in this tournament. So I'm not saying he's not fit. I'm just saying he's 35 years old and a legend. And uh, will he get that sort of veteran kind of nod by the coach? Um, yeah, I mean, they're super strong. They are that the golden era of Belgium is getting older, kind of like Netherlands eight years ago. And so if they're going to win one, they need to win this. This is legitimately their last shot. I think uh, I don't think world cup 2022, they're going to be as have a good chance of winning this tournament. Yeah. I I will throw out there that this is one of the oldest teams in the tournament. Um, Their their average age is 28.7. They have the most uh, average caps. At uh, fifty point two, um. So, and yeah, Jay, to your point, your your point is hundred percent correct. Like, if Belgium is going to win a tournament, it's either got to be this one, or it's got to be Qatar in twenty twenty two. Like, they that this is pretty much their their last uh, last gasp. They only have they only have one player uh, who's uh, under twenty three uh, on their on their twenty six man roster, and that is a a forward. Uh, uh, by the name of Jeremy Doku, who's 19 years old. Everybody else is in either peak or uh, like in their past, past their peak. So yeah, they're like 27 and older. Um, yeah. So the, the other big question mark is Kevin De Bruyne is is injured, and they think he will be fit for this tournament. They're planning on, but he'll probably skip the first game or two. Um, it'll, it'll really depend on the trainers and, and his fitness. But that's a huge loss uh, as uh, one of the best attacking midfielders in the game if they do not have him play. Yeah, that's that's right. I think it's a little bit of a a highlight of just how good this squad is. Is yes, they will miss De Bruyne, but they are no, they are still a tournament favorite even without De Bruyne, thanks to Romeo Lukaku who just set Serie A on fire last year. Um, one thing I'll throw out, and and I'll I'll toss out a couple other players that I think are relevant for this. Euros have a great ability to highlight a young talent who may be playing for, you know, either a, a league that doesn't get a lot of coverage or he's a second striker on a, a team and, and maybe hasn't raised it. So guys like Andre Arshavin, Thomas Rosicki, they've come through Euros and gotten big money transfers after them. One guy I think who might be on Belgium, who may be that guy is Yuri Tielemans, who played really well at times for Leicester last year, but was a little bit fit, uh, uh, off and on, and with Jamie Vardy being obviously their number one striker, he wasn't getting quite the consistent service because those balls were usually going to Vardy. If he gets time and space, if the defenders are running at Lukaku, trying to shut him down, which I think they will, Tielemans could very well become a standout star of this tournament because he's got that in his bag. Yeah, he's only, what, 24? He's young by the squad standards. Yeah, 24, 25. So he's he's still he, he's in his, he's in his peak and I think he definitely has a um 
Yeah, you're, yeah, that's a that's a great shout. Tillman's is, is a great shout. So as opposed to Christian Benteke for Crystal Palace, who's thirty years old and probably won't see the pitch. But. Probably not. I I still I as a Liverpool fan, I I I still love Christian Benteke. You know, he was a he was a great great uh, player for Liverpool. So, uh, all right, Denmark. Just real uh, quick, Zeller on yeah. that. Yeah, just, please. Uh, yeah, just. I think just as far as like folks that are like a little bit more casual or like watch more just world cups and stuff, they're going to know like a lot of these guys, like, like you're saying, De Bruyne is like one of the best players in the world. He killed the U S when we played Belgium. People just, people will know him like, you know, Hazard, Lukaku, like you're talking about, there's a lot of star power on this team. So um, anyway, yeah, Belgium is, is is a good team to watch if you are if you are interested in uh you know they're they're technically a, a sort of a co-favorite for the tournament. I think it, France and England and Belgium are sort of generally all right around the same uh price point. But um they're they're the they're the one team that you may not recognize right away, but you will you will know a lot of the players who play on those teams because a lot of those players who are on those teams play on some of the best teams in in the world. So uh, all right, let's uh let's talk Denmark. Uh plus 2500 the uh, Christian Eriksen, Casper Schmeichel led Denmark. Does anybody have any specific thoughts in Denmark, or do you want me to? Do you want me to take this one? I would like, I would like Dan to talk about the the, the good and the bad of Pierre Emil Hoiberg for you know thirty seconds. Uh, he's pretty indicative of Denmark's overall squad, which is a player who's obviously super talented but doesn't have the consistency to, to carry a squad. So Denmark is a team that can absolutely come out. I, I could, there's a, a high potential that they get second in this group. They're not beating Belgium for the league. Um, but it's really hard to forecast them. And, and I wouldn't bet on them. Um, best player is Christian Eriksen. Um, Schmeichel could, prob- could probably steal you a game. Um, I'm a big Christian Paulson fan. I always have been. But none of those guys you look at and go, yes, this is someone who can get so hot. Nobody is at Luka Modric's level where at the world cup, he gets so white hot that they just, Croatia starts burning through teams and, and defensive plans go out the window. And, and rule one is you've got to stop this guy. I don't think Denmark has any of those players. If they had one transcendent star at, tr- at any position other than, than keepers so somebody who could affect the outfield play. I think this team could go deep because their second tier of talent is fantastic. They just don't have anyone that top level. Well, Christian Eriksen's a pretty, pretty big uh, stud player over the years. I mean, he's, I mean, he's not at the Modric level, but I mean, he's people know him. I mean, he jumped out to me right away. I highlighted him and I was like, I remember this guy is good. I like where you're going Grady. Cause he, I think he is the, the midfielder that tries to connect everything for this team. If it were Christian Eriksen from maybe three or four years ago, at, you know, at 25 years old instead of 29 years old, um, and this has less to do about me being ageist and like the 29 some magic number. It's more just me watching Christian Eriksen at play and his game back then versus his game now. Yeah, I, I I agree with all that. I I really I I might throw some money at at Denmark just just on the off chance that they they make a run, but I don't think they're gonna win it. Uh, let's jump to Finland next. Uh, Finland is plus fifty thousand. Uh, Finland, the home of our our uh, favorite loons, Yuka Ratala and Robin Lude, uh, as well as my uh, man. If if 
I mean, I'm not gay, but if I was gay, uh, Timo Puki. Oh boy. Who boy. Um, that guy's awesome. Dan, tell, tell us a little bit about Finland and and why, uh, why they're not going to win this tournament. (laughs) I mean, they're not going to win this tournament for the exact same reason Denmark isn't, which is they have some interesting pieces and not quite enough of them to put together. Um, Puki is, is one of those players that I think may have a coming out party, um, particularly if Finland can get into the knockout stages, which I think there's a decent shot that they could be a, a compelling third place team. Um, the big thing I wanted to highlight with, with Lude and Reitala in this tournament, uh, Minnesota United is the only non-European team to have multiple players representing in this tournament, which I think is remarkable. Uh, ML, MLS team. MLS team. No, I, I don't think that... I don't think there's non-European teams that have multiple. Oh, really? I don't think so. Okay. I think that's what I read. Okay. That's, that's fair. That's a good trivia bit. Uh, assuming it's true. It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other player I will flag is Glenn camera who played uh, absolutely fantastically for Steven Gerrard's Rangers this year. He really came on. If he can get hot, uh, and give defenses something to think about that isn't Timu Puki. This team actually has a fair amount of talent, and they could definitely get to the uh, get to the knockout stages. I also want to quick correct something I said on Denmark because I made an ass of myself very briefly. Uh, Paulson changed his first name. Uh, it's Yusuf Paulson, so that's a very large correction. And I wanted to make it so. There you go. Fair enough. Uh, all right, and then finally Russia, which is uh, you just whoa. gonna blow past that. Rasmus Schuler is playing on that team also. Oh, the Finland team. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because, because I've been watching, I've been watching a lot of the, of the uh, Finnish national team uh, when they're doing their qualifiers and, and, and such. And, and uh, um, the Finnish national team fans really do not like Rasmus Schuler. They fucking hate Rasmus Schuler. And I don't understand why I've tried to figure it out. I've tried to watch the game with a little more nuance. Uh, but yeah, the, the Finnish national team just does not like Rasmus Schuler at all. So, and they love Robin Lude. They do. They, and they fucking love Robin Lude. I don't know. It's man up, up is down, down at black is white. Uh, everything is fucking weird, man. Everything. I fucking say something weird. back about the, um, the Wales team I, that I didn't say is that, um, so there's a there's a player uh, on Wales is uh, Joe Allen, right? Uh, the uh, that's uh, Scotland, Scottish Pirlo. My bad. I'm getting the, my Wales and Scotland confused. But Jesus, man. I guess what, I, what I was gonna say is that every national team has players that they love or hate. And when I was reading the article, it was say they were saying, you know, um, that they they love him. And as Stoke fans, like he drives us crazy. But I think it all there's a small sample size, right? So if this guy's have had a few good games for your country. You either like him or you don't like him. It's kind of like um, Michael Bradley can be a lightning rod for the U.S. men's national team because people jump in, watch a couple of games, and he was great, or he can have some turnovers, have a bad game. And so it's like, obviously, these are world-class players. They're all, they're all good players. But then there's just somebody remembers a mistake or somebody remembers a great thing that somebody did. And so there, there's some of those players that are kind of on the precipice that – you hate them, but it's because of their contract or it's because of they're a blocker for somebody coming up on your squad. You know, they're good players, but anyway, I'm going to mention as an analogy, Grady, who, who for the U S doesn't love Landon Donovan or uh, Josie Altidore. But if we were going based on how they play for their clubs, if we're going based on how they play for their clubs, like are we, does does Landon Donovan Donovan, 
ex excite anybody? <laughs> does 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 Altidore's run with AZ Alkmaar or or uh, you know Toronto? That is that super anything to write home about? You remember them from these these amazing goals or these little bits that you saw them play for the U.S. men's national team, and then you you know they're forever in your hearts. Or if you're David, you hate them forever. Yep, fair. Exactly. All right. Uh, finally, let's let's very quickly touch base on Russia. Um, assuming that they're not all roided up, uh, they are at plus uh, twelve thousand five hundred to win the tournament. Uh, does anybody have anything to say about the this Russian team that uh, again is hopefully not all roided up? MJ, go ahead. Two things. One, they have the same number of players not playing in the Russian league that Italy has not playing in Syria. Uh, so there's four players that are playing outside of Russia for club. The other thing I'll just say is with these 11 host cities, this could be a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde sort of Russia where you see them play really well in St. Petersburg and see them play not well outside of Russia. For whatever reason, Russian teams tend to play worse the further they get from the homeland. It's like the steroids don't travel across international borders very well. I mean, weird, weird, right? I don't know. I, I was right. going to say something about that earlier, and I was kind of like, but yeah. All right. Uh, so who's winning this group? Uh, Eric, uh, let's go to you first. Who, who's winning the group? Oh, come to me last. Okay. Uh, MJ. Belgium. Dan? It's absolutely Belgium. Uh, I have Denmark. Uh, Grady, that, that, leaves you, that leaves you. Who do you got? Yeah, I I'm kind of torn between the two. I'll flip a coin. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go Belgium. But I would bet on Denmark, maybe. Coward. I know. All right. Hey, uh, I was right about. <laughs> I was right about Stoke, by the way. So I can still put this to my friends there. It. Uh, Pier, um, Joe Allen is definitely Welsh, so. Yeah. Fair enough. I shouldn't have. Yeah, I, shouldn't have, have uh, I shouldn't have. Question I was gonna say I thought I was pretty sure Joe Allen was Welsh, but when you said you he wasn't, I I did not uh, did not digress from there. All right, uh, Group C. I think we can get through actually pretty quickly because it is a weird a weird group. Uh, the host cities are Amsterdam and Bucharest, uh, Austria plus fifteen thousand, the Netherlands at plus fourteen hundred, North Macedonia at plus fifty thousand, and the Ukraine at plus ten thousand. Does anybody have anything to say about Austria? Or should I fill with Austria? I'll fill with Austria, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, German manager. German manager. Uh, 21 of their uh, 26 players are, uh, they do play in the Bundesliga as well. So um, yeah, Marcel Sabitzer is, is a name that people might know if you if you follow uh, German uh, Bundesliga soccer. Uh, he plays for RB Leipzig. Um, and they were, they finished the runner-ups, runner-up to Bayern Munich this year. Um they're they're a team. Um, it's, yeah, I mean they're a team. They're not going to win the tournament. They are. They should theoretically get out of the group because they should at least beat North Macedonia by a fair amount of point, uh, a fair amount of goals. So, um, and you know, again, w w with this tournament, like with uh, a lot of knockout tournaments, and especially. Um, European knockout tournaments. If you just get to the knockout stage, you could you could do a, you could make a run. But I don't uh, foresee Austria going very far very far. So, uh, defender David Alaba from 
uh, Bayern Munich is on the team, and right. Union Berlin, uh, Christopher Trimmel, veteran, probably won't see that much playing time. But if you need to slot someone in, in the midfield that can play multiple roles and really solidify them both defensively and swinging the attack, uh, I like that Christopher Trimmel. But he's old. Yeah. Hey, uh, does, uh, does Arnautovic start for them? Is that his starter? I would assume so. I, I know I see he plays in the Chinese Super League, the Shanghai Port. I did not. I had heard rumors of him going over there, but I did not uh, realize that finally happened. So I don't know what kind of form he's in. But yeah, I would assume he, I would assume he's starting for the Austrian team. But um, I guess it's possible he could come off the bench. So yeah, another Stoke alumni. Yeah, I think yeah. he scored two goals in that six 0 win against uh, Liverpool. <laughs> what match? I, I the, the the match that no one that no one remembers. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, all right. What's what's uh? I, I want to save uh, Holland for uh for the last. So let's let's jump to North Macedonia. They are one of the the, the long shots in the tournament at plus fifty thousand. Does literally anybody have anything about North Macedonia? Otherwise, we but can just little known fact: several of the players are distant relatives of Alexander the Great. So I think that is the one thing that is kind of uh, giving them a chance. That is a thing. That's a fact that I just made up, but it's <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Fair enough. They did so. They did beat Germany uh, in a World Cup qualifier back in was it March or April? They they so they legitimately could like could make a, a, a you know a knockoff a, a team here and make it to the knockout round. It's very very highly unlikely. Did um, Germany start like their U19s or was that a real? It was a World Cup qualifier, so I think Germany did not start like probably their 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 top their A team, but they definitely started good players and Germany, you know, has a lot of good players so they can, they can roll out a, a, a B team and it's better than most teams in the world. So MJ. The one household name that I will mention on the team, uh, 37 year old Goran Pandev, the ageless wonder that is Goran Pandev long played for inter, uh, brief, uh, spell with Lazio and then with Napoli and then Galatasaray. He plays with uh, Genoa right now, but but uh, he's a forward. He likes to score goals. He is their captain, um, and he's 37 fucking years old, and he probably will start. Fair enough. If, if, if for anything, tonight I'm learning how to say Gal, Galatasaray. Galatasaray? Galatasaray, because I've read that thing like 9 million times that I've never like known how to say it. I think it's right. I think it's Galatasaray. Yeah, yeah. Might, you're right. I think you're right, Dan. Yeah, you can ask Justin Paul, but I Dan, Dan is correct. Uh, all right, uh, Ukraine at plus ten thousand. Um, I I fucking love that Ukraine put out a kit that included the Crimea uh, region as part of it, and that Russia is just absolutely losing their shit over it. I think that's fucking brilliant. I love it. Good job, Ukraine. Good job, Nike, for doing that shit. So, um, other than that, I have no, I have, I have no fucking opinions on Ukraine. Does anybody else have any opinions on Ukraine? I do. Uh, my family's been uh, heavily involved in Ukraine for the last uh, about twenty years at this point. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of like medical missions over there. We've hosted exchange students. So, yeah, I, I, Ukraine is sort of my adopted Euro team. Uh, I, I desperately wanted to pick them to win the group. I tried really hard to say that they were going to, because this is a team that consistently um, a little bit like MJ said with Turkey, they're not 
their, their players play for really good clubs, uh, predominantly Dinamo Kiev, uh, as well as Shakhtar Donetsk, uh, that just don't get covered outside the Champions League. So it's, it's heavy domestic, but the, the players from teams from outside Ukraine are pretty outstanding. Uh, Oleksandr Zinchenko got a ton of time with Man City. Uh, Andrei Yarmolenko uh, tore West Ham apart, not like, in a good way. Uh, caught fire for West Ham on a couple of occasions, just not quite consistently. So there's a lot of talent on this club. I just don't think it totally fits together. So this is this is a team that if they if they sneak a win, like if they beat the Netherlands, I won't actually be that shocked. I just don't think they'll put enough of those wins together to be like relevant. They'll be interesting, just not relevant. The household name for me on the team, I mean, besides the ones that Dan mentioned, the, the manager is Andrei Shevchenko, who, right. if you don't know, is uh, a Milan and uh, – what other team did he play besides Dinamo Kiev? Um, Chelsea. Yeah, he played for a couple different Champions League powerhouses. And uh, he's a striker, but he's not one of those strikers or attacking players that has no knowledge of what goes on behind him. He, he understands the game backwards and forward pretty well. So I agree with Dan. I think they'll look a little disjointed. But if anyone can bring them under one umbrella, it's Andre Shevchenko. Yeah, I, they are definitely a, a dark horse, I think, uh, in this group. And for the tournament, um, if you, you know, had some money to spend, um, I, I would I wouldn't I would maybe throw a few bucks on Ukraine winning the tournament. So we'll we'll, we'll get to we'll get to that at the at the very end here um, in terms of our, our long shot bet. So can I just uh, say, Zeller, it's kind of comical that we're like, oh, you know, Ukraine's like such a long shot and they're like the 24th ranked team in the world by FIFA. You know, that's like how strong this Euro grouping is. You know what I mean? It's like, it's all relative, right? Like that's, that's, that is the beauty of the, of the Euros is it's just, it's lots of really good teams. So uh, then we'll get to, we'll get, so we get to now the, the best team probably in this group, uh, uh, Holland of the Netherlands. Um, I am a, I have a, I'm a uh, long time orange fan. Um, Dating back before uh, even my Liverpool fandom, I think actually, yeah, I, before my Liverpool fandom, um, missing Virgil Van Dijk, obviously, uh, who decided to not play in the in the Euros, but they do have a lot of household name players: uh, Genie Wijnaldum from Liverpool, uh, Dali Blint, uh, Stavin de Vrij, um, on at the on the backhand side, and then uh, they have some you know very good goalkeepers, uh, Luke de Jong uh, as up top, uh, as well as Memphis Depay, uh, and uh, uh, was it Stephen uh, uh, Bergwijn? Yeah, is it Bergwijn? Oh, sorry, I yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Frankie de Jong. It's this is a, this is a stack team uh, with players that that play in some of the best clubs in all of uh, all of Europe. Um, Former Everton goalkeeper Martin Stecklenburg. Martin, former Everton goalkeeper Martin Stecklenburg. The ghost um, of Iron Robin. Uh, he's not on the roster. Um, In spirit, though, he is with the team. Did you see the picture of him? Uh, he's playing for a team in the Netherlands right now, and he there's a picture of him biking home in his kit on a bike. Yeah. Like literally, she's like just kitted up, biking home. Us, it was fucking amazing. It was the best thing. I'm like yes, bike infrastructure. 
get it here now. Um, anyways, the Netherlands is is the favorite in the group. Uh, they, they they're they're actually a, a really balanced squad of both youth and experience. They have a lot of this is um, you know it might seem like this the, the golden generation or the the a golden generation of of Netherlands players is probably gonna peak in 2022 as opposed to like right now but this is definitely a team i think that could um could surprise a lot of people and and make a difference uh and go go the distance in in this tournament in spite of virgil van dyke not being uh not being there i really i think genie winaldum is is just a uh, he's just a good fucking dude i just really want like the best for him and whatever he wants to do so um so yeah so that's my my thoughts on on the netherlands and i will also point out um the only problem with this Netherlands team is that they're coached by <laughs> fucking uh, uh, man failure 101 Frank fucking DeBoer, who keeps failing up into jobs. No one knows fucking how, but he keeps failing up into jobs. And that guy, that he's the only person, he's the only reason why this team will not do well. And that that's a very legitimate reason because that fucker is terrible and is a, a legitimate failure at life at lots of things like four different coaching jobs now in a row he's fucking failed at um so that's the only reason that netherlands would not win this group and i think that is uh so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say winning the group i have the netherlands but um but for and and but for frank DeBoer, like for frank DeBoer, just get the fuck out of the way let let the this dutch team this orange team do what they do so mj atlanta united manager Former Atlanta United manager. Former Crystal Palace manager. Former Inter, Inter Milan Inter manager. Milan. Yeah. Uh, um. I was going to say that the other player that I wanted to point out, how much playing time do you think former Manchester United, uh, now Ajax, uh, defender Daly Blind gets in this tournament? Because there's, you know, five defenders with kit numbers two through six. And I assume one of the, those is a, is a defensive midfielder. But they have five defenders that have been given kit numbers. Daly Blint get, gets kit number 17. He's 31 fucking years old. Does he see the pitch at all? I mean, does it, are, are, are Netherlands ever in a situation where, hey, we're up to the one in the last 10 minutes. We need to hold the fort down. So of all the other people, like rather than putting a Davy class in or like. Uh, so, so, so MJ, so Netherlands plays a five in the back often. Okay. So it's, it's, yeah, he, I, I would expect that Delhi uh, blend gets um, actually quite a lot of minutes. Um, they mostly play like a five, three, two or a three, five, two or whatever. So they, in Delhi blend is, is a, uh, uh, central defender so i it would not surprise me actually if he gets uh a, a good chunk of minutes uh at the at this year's tournament so but mj what was your point is that is he like a weak link or i i, I think good he's or overrated but oh, okay from his time oh. in manchester united and he's 100 percent overrated but he definitely will play any he, he, but he's not he's not bad and he will definitely play in this tournament so you answered my question Grady. Yeah, so I got to at least mention, you didn't uh, call out, was it Memphis, right? Memphis, I don't even know how to pronounce the last Memphis name. Memphis Depay, Depay, yeah. Depay. So I read like an entire athletic article about him, so I feel like I at least need to, to mention something. But basically, I think Dan mentioned this at the jump about some players are looking for 
to grow out of this. And obviously he, he was saying he's coming out of contract. He's looking for a payday. It was talking about somebody who really had jumped on the scene, done really well, and then kind of fizzled out. Like he had a huge ego and never really quite kept up with it. And like, could this be like a rebirth? A lot of that type of storyline, you know, not, not quite the same as Dan was talking about brand new people on the scene, but maybe somebody who has like a rebirth or whatever. And um, I guess I recognize the name, but um, I didn't know he was that big of a thing that was supposed to happen. So I guess I'll be like keeping an eye on him. And just as far as the Netherlands go, it seems like back in the day when I did used to pick tournaments, um, they always went far and it just seems like they have like a really good history of over, overperforming. Like, but, but okay. Yes. In the big games, but more so than you thought, even like when their team wasn't picked to get out of their group, they seem to always like, at least like make the quarters. I hear what you're saying, MJ, they haven't like won a lot of overall tournaments, but they're, they seem to be like in the mix. They're, they're a good team. Oh man. Nigel DeJong, uh, fucking karate kicking a Spanish dude in the uh, 2010 world cup final is still one of the greatest memories of my life. I was at, uh, I can't remember. It wasn't at Brits. It was at that, um, yeah, World Cup final, MJ. I mean, that's fuck, I was at that bar down. There's a, a bar downtown, that. and just and I was like one of the only Netherlands fans cheering. And Nigel Jean, Nigel Jung fucking karate kicks a dude straight in the chest, and I was like, yeah, let's fucking go. And everybody else around me is like a Spanish fan, just like we're gonna fucking murder you. Um, you need to leave <laughs> right now because we will murder you. Uh, and so, uh, all right. So I have Netherlands winning the group. Uh, Dan, who do you got? I also have the Netherlands. I think there's just too much talent, even for Frank DeBoer to fuck up. Right. MJ? It's really tough with Amsterdam being one of the two host cities, but I'm going to pick the Dark Horse in Ukraine. Ukraine will sure be top two. They'll they'll be one of the teams to go through. Uh, I just uh, want to piss off Zeller and pick Ukraine. It's fair enough. Uh, Eric? Um, I will also go Netherlands. I, I find it impressive that you guys are all able to just say Ukraine. I guess I've always just grown up saying the Ukraine and I really, I know people don't like it. So I have to break that habit. And yeah, so I'm going to keep working on that. Oh, listen, like my wife, uh, my, the Ukraine. my wife, uh, uh, broke me of that a long time ago. Um, they, yeah, they definitely do like it when you say the Ukraine. So it's the Ukraine. Ukraine. So, uh, all right. Well, let's it, take a it, it, you know why that is right. Everybody. Yeah, because the Ukraine was a Soviet republic and Ukraine is a country. Ah, yes. That, that helps to know that for me. Yeah. 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 All right. Is Dijon a common name in the Netherlands? Is there this two Dijons and you just mentioned another Dijon? Is that like Smith? I, and I think so. I think it's like a, yeah. It's, it's like, a, yeah, it's okay. like Smith or Johnson or something in the, in I mean, the, it's literally Johnson. Okay, cool. It's, yeah. It is John. Yeah. It's, it's, it's son of John. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're uh, right. Of John. of John, yes. Um, all right, let's take a break when we you come back. <laughs> no, we're leaving it all in, man. I don't edit. I don't oh, edit awesome. this shit. Awesome. Uh, let's take a break when we come back. We will we'll discuss groups D, E, and F, and then make some bets. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both. All right, and we are back with our Dave's. I know uh, you absolutely did not want, but we definitely are going to give to you the uh, Euro 2020 preview podcast. We did the first three groups, group A, B, and C. Now we're jumping into group D, which is being hosted by uh, London and Glasgow, uh, Scotland. Uh, first team in the group. Oh, sorry. 
again. I should three, two, one. All right, welcome back. We are uh, back. We are recording our Dave's I know Euro twenty twenty. Don't call it twenty twenty one. Uh, preview podcast. The definitely you did not need, but definitely want uh, Dave's I know podcast preview for the Euros. Uh, group D hosts are London and Glasgow. Uh, Croatia is in this group. They're a plus thirty three hundred. Um. Czech Republic is at plus 15,000. The English team, uh, plus, 5, plus 500, sorry. And Scotland at plus 20,000. So let's start with Croatia. Uh, MJ, you want to talk about Croatia? Sure. Uh, the big household name is Luka Modric. Uh, I'm a huge Rakitic fan. Uh, they have an attacking uh, winger, uh, Beric, that's really fun to watch. My main thing about uh, Croatia, Hrvatska, as they say in, in Croatia, the last World Cup in 2018, I went with my friend Kirk Knudsen. Shout out to Kirk. Kirk Knudsen, uh, by his name, he's, he's a big Denmark fan. And Denmark was playing Croatia. And I didn't want to tell Kirk that I was I like, I'm cheering for you because I'm with you and I'm cheering for Denmark. But I also really like a lot of the players on, on Croatia and, the, and their style of play. And Croatia are winning. There were only two tables that were cheering for Croatia and Berlin's rest, a Irish pub in South Minneapolis. Two tables, each had about four to five people at it. The rest of the bar were, were all in red and white and in Danish colors. And at one of the tables was this grandmother it had to be late seventies, early eighties. And she was the loudest fan in the bar. It was fucking hilarious. And it was fucking amazing. And she's there in her red and white checkered kit and red and white checkered everything. She's waving red and white checkered flags. And, uh, you know, it has like a Croatia hat on or something like that. Like she's just decked out in, in Croatia gear and, it was so fun watching her as Croatia started to come back and play better, like to see the joy on her face. Um, as someone who was mostly a neutral for this match, it, it was just a really fun thing. And that's one of the things if you go out to a soccer bar during the Euros, you will find fans that have heritage in, in, in these, in these countries that are just diehards and it's super fun. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so it, it is. We have a question about this uh, later on the podcast from from one of our listeners um, about which uh, which fan group we think will you know you might see the most of that you never never see because these are people that you never ever run into um, outside of a Euro year or World Cup year. So that's a that's a great story. So uh, I like Croatia a lot. I think they're I think they're really good. I mean, obviously they made the World Cup final. Uh, um, in 2018 so it, this is also sort of a kind of a golden generation for Croatia as well so uh, Czech Republic is uh, at uh, 15 uh, plus 15,000 um, does anybody have any thoughts on the Czech Republic or do I need to vamp uh, this is no longer uh, Petr Czech uh, Thomas Rzyski's, um Czech Republic that's true. Um, well, I mean, one one player actually uh, back to sort of to, to Dan's point and, and that Grady alluded to later, um, players to look forward to uh, and using that pun 
uh, fully intended. Uh, Adam uh, Hlosek is a uh, 18 year old forward. Um, he's going to get a move this summer. Uh, he can play up front and out wide. Um, and he's been averaging uh, 1.25 goals and assists per 90 minutes in the Czech top flight. So, you know, look for that kid that kid is probably going to have a, a really good tournament and then get moved on to uh, a bigger uh, top five uh, club. Uh, Dan. Yeah. Uh, Czech Republic have what used to be a pretty massive sign that they were not going to do anything, but that's kind of no longer true, which is multiple West Ham players. Uh, West Ham unfortunately got good and that heuristic unfortunately is not uh, valid anymore, but they have uh, Vladimir Kufal, who is a, a pretty decent defender uh, as well as Thomas Suchek, who played really well for West Ham as part of their their pretty outstanding attack. Uh, but to MJ's point, this is not a Rosicky team. This is not a Petr Cech team. This is a team that lacks a little bit of an identity. Um, I suspect, you know, the Czech Republic is a big country, strong soccer heritage. They won't be down for long, but this is not one of their better teams. No. Can uh, I just add that I I don't like West Ham at all. <laughs> I mean, yes. you will get no no pushback from anyone That's on this pod. Fair. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't really know why. Just I don't know. They're very West Hammy, and that's really yeah. Um, they they play in a shitty stadium, and their owner is shitty. I don't. Yeah, no, man, it's fine. Don't don't apologize for that. Of all the blue collar factory town football teams in Europe and there are plenty that have this blue collar roots that I would normally like hey that's me work with your hands laborer unions like they are the one team that fits that category that you know I I absolutely do not like so I I played on a soccer team with a guy and he had like a West Ham jersey on I had my Stoke jersey on he was like oh you like Stoke and I was like yeah and he was like they fucking suck and I was like so does West Ham (laughs) <laughs> just ever since then i was like fuck you that's fair that's fair all right speaking of sucking let's move on to england uh who are <laughs> one of the tournament co-favorites with france uh which we'll get to in, in a second here uh plus 500 and I, i'm sure we all have thoughts on on england dan i'm gonna throw it to you first yeah i i want to like england like i Half my family is from there. I studied abroad there. I've been an Arsenal fan for forever. But God, the world is just such a more fun place when England is bad. Uh, It's not that I hate them. It's that their fans are so good at being miserable that they almost don't know what to do when life is good. Uh, And so so I I want to give them the ability to to be who they are, which is just miserable. And... uh, and I, and I hope England shits themselves this tournament. But the good news going for that is England has three three keepers that I would say are at about the same level. They don't have a clear one like a lot of teams. This isn't Denmark where Casper Schleichel is the obvious one. So you've got uh, Dean Henderson, the backup to David De Gea at Manchester United, who showed really well this year when he got some playing time. Uh, they have Sam Johnston, who I really like, uh, from West Brom. Uh, West Brom he had the ability to get a lot of saves because left Brown's defense was so bad, but he made a lot of saves. He's a very excellent shot stopper. Uh, and Jordan Pickford from Everton. And the fascinating thing to me is that they have three keepers at about the same level. Uh, and they are absolutely 100% going to give hundred percent of the minutes to the fucking worst one of them, which is Jordan Pickford, Jordan Pickford, <laughs> Jordan Pickford 
was given the England number one shirt way too early. Like he, he is a guy who's like, who, whose career goal was like, I, I want to be the England number one. And then it happened and he stopped improving. And it, like, he's got Rob Green itis, which is the worst itis you can have. I'd rather have meningitis than <laughs> Rob Green itis. He is so capped out. And, and now he's getting pressure from behind and he, whatever. Uh, but the, the TLDR here is that Jordan Pickford sucks a lot. And it's going to be why England crash out of this tournament. And in, in this great tradition of good English teams completely undone by their goalkeepers, uh, the press is just going to be merciless about it. Uh, and and I, I think that's funny. So that's, that's where I am. Uh, I would be super remiss, though, if I didn't just spend an entire minute shitting on an Everton player and not give MJ a chance to rebuttal. So MJ, have at you. You think I'm going to rebut this, but I'm actually going to validate what you said. Jordan Pickford has gotten more and more inconsistent over the past few years. And like Green, the, the goalkeeper that gifted the U.S. A, a goal in that World Cup <laughs> stage, like Pickford spills a lot of balls. Balls that should get punched out or caught are spilled to attacking players that Everton defenders don't pick up or that just Pickford just shouldn't spill those balls. Uh, even Mark, the leader of the Minnesota Toffees, said that Sam Johnston should have gotten the England number one, you know, a year ago. So even he doesn't think he's English. And he's a big English, you know, from Canada and Liverpool. Like, he's a big, you know, England soccer supporter. So he wants to see England do well. And if he's saying that about that Pickford doesn't deserve the number one, I'm going to back him. You, we keep, you guys keep forgetting to mention that he murdered Virgil van Dyke. And that is a fucking uh, criminal. That is, that is a, it's a, a death penalty sentence, honestly, in my opinion. So uh, that, that, was, that was, that was glorious, by the way. That was not glorious. MJ. I will kick you out of this podcast. If you, if you keep saying that. So, uh, this is a really good uh, England. This is, you know, England has a really good team right now. They're, it's mostly young players and people and, and players in their prime right now. Um, what is Jordan Henderson, uh, Kyrian Trippier and, and Kyle Walker are the only ones who are over 30 right now. Um, so that's a, a pretty in, in Walker and Trippier, are both defenders. So you're only midfielder. You're only sort of like semi attacking player who's over 30 is Jordan Henderson. That's a pretty good fucking team right now. Um, so they England definitely should be the, one of the favorites. Uh, will, will they cock it up because of uh, Jordan Pickford? hundred percent. Absolutely. There's no, like put fucking money on that because they're going to cock it up because of Jordan Pickford and Gareth uh, Southgate. They're men. Well, you know, you don't have to shit on um, people when they're down, bud. like just Gareth Southgate. Has had a he's had a life, uh, missing penalties, and yeah, he'll he, yeah, of course, he's gonna cock it up. Why wouldn't he? So, all right, uh, then fi- okay, finally in this group, Scotland, um, man, so Scotland plays soccer, <laughs> uh, they're getting better at it too. They <laughs> they really are. This is a this is a young team, um. 
honestly, if you're if you're a neutral, if you're if you're you know don't have a team that you're going to follow, follow Scotland. You won't have to follow them very long. They're not going to make it out of the group. But my God, this team plays with so much heart. Uh, Kieran Tierney, I got a shout out being an Arsenal guy, uh, but also Andy Robertson from from Liverpool, uh, Che Adams from Southampton, not Joe Allen that we corrected that he's Welsh. Uh, <laughs> Like this is it's it's a team with a bunch of guys. Like not not men, not boys, not dude guys. Like Scotland is a guy team, and they're gonna be so much fun to watch. They're gonna if if they get down a goal, they're gonna work super fucking hard. They will at no point in their entire tournament run, which again will not last long, will you ever question their desire. They will show you a hundred percent how badly they want to win. They just won't do it. That's fair. Uh, sorry, we, we, we missed Grady on the on the England uh, part. So, uh, Grady, what do you have on England? No, I was just going to say, like, you know, their forwards obviously jumped out to me right away. Everybody knows them, their household names, and a lot of their defenders are, are pretty popular. But I didn't know their midfielders as much. Like, I kind of know the names, but you guys follow EPL a lot closer than I do. So, like, could you tell me about, like, Mason Mount? Like, how good is he? You mentioned Jordan Henderson. I know him, obviously, but, like, what, what kind of midfield do they run? Are they going to have trouble getting service into Kane and their other, you know, high flying forwards? I mean, England is probably playing like a three, five, two, you might guess, um, especially with, with uh, Trent Alexander Arnold out uh, because of injury. So you have Grealish, you're going to have Foden and Henderson and uh, Declan Rice. When all of them. What? Dutch. He's Dutch, but. All oh, Dutch. fuck. Jude, yeah, yeah. Jude, Jude Bellingham. I mean, honestly, it, it's Henderson. Yeah, um, the there's not outside of the goalkeepers. There's not really a bad name on this English roster, and the only bad name on this roster, as far as I'm concerned, to echo uh, MJ and Dan, is Jordan Pickford, and that's the dude who's gonna be fucking starting. Like <laughs> everybody else in this roster is really good, and this is the, this theoretically is a. Uh, a, a title winning team um, based on uh, everything that I, Calvin, Calvin Phillips is the only one who's I am just, I, I don't, I've not followed a ton. So I'm a little um, uh, shaky about, but otherwise it's, it's a pretty good, damn good roster. Yeah. This is, these are gotta be some of the best forwards that England has had in a while having yeah. Foden, Gre- Grealish, Kane, Rashford, you know, you got, Saka, you know, Sterling. Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yeah. It's a lot of, it's a lot of guys. It's Only one ball. A lot of guys. Uh, and Scotland has guys, but not those kind of guys. Not, no. not those guys. They have a lot of guys on Celtic, though. Five Celtic players. I like that. Just, uh, I don't know. That's not a good thing right now at this point. Mm. With Rangers being the show. Uh, so. Dan, if I can. Evie Gerard led Rangers, by the way. Dan, if I can translate your team of guys to across the pond, this is a team of blokes. And, oh, for sure. And they're going to bloke it up. Uh, all right. Group D, who's winning this group? MJ, let's start with you. Group D. Who did I put down? Oh, I, ha- I have Croatia. I, I just think uh, England's not going to live up to the hype, so I picked Croatia. All right, Eric. Yeah, I mean, I could totally see Croatia winning, but I'll, I'll, I'll go. I lean England. Um, 
Dan? Winner of this group comes down to who wins the head-to-head between England and Croatia. Uh, it is the first game of this group. So this won't be a, a last day. Ah, oh, we're both getting through. It doesn't really matter. This will be a, yeah, we, we kind of need points here. And if this were be being played in a neutral site, like it, it ought to be, uh, I think I would tip Croatia, but it's being played in London. There's a lot of hype around this English team. So I'm going to say England wins that game and England wins the group. I agree. I don't think they bottle this one. I think they, they win the group too. So, uh, because all right. the great story of England is getting the fans' hopes up and then crushing then, them. So winning, yes. beating Croatia, winning the group, probably winning in the quarterfinals, and then losing, I don't know, Beat, 14 beating Croatia in the, the semis. Yeah, the, the World Cup finalists, uh, one of the finalists from the World Cup of 2018. Yes, beating them, uh, and maybe beating them decisively, actually. And then, and then yeah, just absolutely shitting mm-hmm. the bed afterwards. So, uh, yeah, England's going to win the group. So, all right, moving on to Group E. Uh, we have Poland at plus 800, Slovakia at plus 50,000 with our good friend Jan Gregus, Spain plus 800, and Sweden plus 10,000. Uh, let's start with Poland. Um, anybody have any very specific thoughts on the Polish national team? There's one name you should know. It is Lewandowski. Yeah. Lewandowski. Robert Lewandowski, yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, he, he scores goals. He just set the goal. He just set the record for most goals scored in a uh, Bundesliga season uh, on one of the very last kicks of the Bundesliga season this year. So, um, yes, Robert Lewandowski is is a, a very, very good fucking soccer player. Poland has two former Arsenal goalkeepers, and somehow, by uh, I got to assume some type of witchcraft, this is actually a good thing for them. Uh, Lukasz Fabianski and Wojciech Szczesny, uh both left Arsenal as okay but not great players and then caught fire once they left, which I think does not speak super well of the goalkeeping coaching at Arsenal. Moot point. Their front is great, their back is really strong, and their midfield and defense are really suspect. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know if like, one guy can do it on his own. You know, it's I, I don't know these other players enough to know. I mean, Lewandowski is just like a natural born scorer. And sometimes those guys just say, get on my back. You have, you know, seen games where teams down two, and I go, well, you know, Luis Suarez is on the field. He'll, he'll score a couple here at the end and they do. And you just, you never know what some of those guys, they're kind of transcendent players of like, I don't know how Modric's form is right now, but he's been that and Lewandowski can be that, but I just, I don't know enough about the team around him to know if he's going to get the service. I mean, it's, it's tough in soccer for one person to just take over like that. You know, it's. Yeah. Uh, Slovakia, other team in this group, they're at uh, plus 50,000. Uh, they are, they feature our one Jan Gregus. Um, guys, do you guys have any thoughts on uh, Slovakia? It'll be fun to watch him play. Like he's just, he was so good for us a couple of years ago. He was like our best, like our best player. And then he's just kind of been a, like, okay. Like a guy, but I feel like he's just like not playing up to his potential. And I'd love to see him have a great game, have a great tournament over there. Maybe like get some confidence back and bring that back over here. I mean, it'll be interesting to see him, but I don't know. I don't know like what his utilization is going to be like, but I, I'd like to just see him in a different, in a different place just to see how he is, you know? Yeah. The Slovakian team is actually one of the more experienced teams uh, in the tournament. They 
it's a lot of players who have been playing together for a long time um, at the national team level. Although, um, you know, we don't know how much uh, that matters, but um, yeah, it, it, it's a team. It's a, it's an experienced team that has been playing together for a, a long time. So, they're, they're number ten would be the exception to that. Tomas Huslov, um, age nineteen. Right. That's fair. Uh, all right. That, he had that sick uh, penalty kick in their last international break, right? Where he uh, he did the fake out where you run up and then kick it super slow, and it just like Grey Goose had a uh, I forget what it's called when you do that, but Panenka. Panenka. Yes. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Uh, favorites in the group Spain are at plus 800. Uh, Spain is obviously a, a team that, you know, I think we all probably know pretty well. Anybody have any specific thoughts on Spain? I love Sergio Busquets. He's the captain, uh, very good defensive minded, uh, midfielder, a good two way, two way player. Um, they got a lot of good pieces and I like their, their manager, former Barcelona guy, Luis Enrique. I just don't think they're going to put it all together. They have moved on from their from that so that, that really dominant stretch where they had basically what six years they won two Euros and a World Cup. Um, there's only seven players uh, left over from that uh, last European Championship squad, uh, which was five years ago. Um, so Iker Casillas is gone, Fabregas is gone, uh, Iniesta's gone, David Silva's David Silva's gone. Um, so, Shabby, yeah, Shabby, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of players. There's been a lot of turnover with with the Spanish national team. And it's weird because the Spanish national team, you know, really when it was at its peak, was taking the bulk of their squad from either Real Madrid or Barcelona or both and like seven or eight players from each team. There's a lot of a lot of different teams that are represented on this uh, Spanish roster. So that's something to be said for you know, team cohesion and, and things like that. When it, if, if most of the team has been playing together for an entire year, you get a lot more co- cohesion when you, you come play these very quick international tournaments. So. One interesting note with Spain is that uh, teams are allowed 26 player rosters. Spain's only bringing 24, which for a tournament that is going to involve more travel than most tournaments usually do is a bit of a weird choice. Uh, I think that's a mistake. Uh, Setting that aside, yeah, the team is super talented, but the one thing they seem to be lacking, their forwards are Murata, uh, Gerard Moreno from Villarreal, Pedri from Barcelona, and Mikel, I'm guessing this is Oyarzabal from Sociedad. Solid players, but I don't see anyone on this squad in the sort of PK, Xavi... Fabregas a little bit of a lesser extent mold. They're just going to go, now we're not going to lose today and and take them from a, an off game where they might draw to a win, pull a win into a draw, et cetera. Like, I, I think Spain is good. I, they're obviously going to win this group, which is a little bit of a down group. But they just, there's the, there's the, the je ne sais quoi missing from this team. Like, they aren't so impenetrable in defense that they don't really need to score. Maybe their attack isn't so fearsome that they don't need to defend. They'll be fine. They'll win plenty, but they're not one of my favorites. This is a team that would have benefited from having another strong team in their group, you know, like like a Portugal or an England or even a Croatia or something like that. 
the fact that they have such a, a they're not going to struggle in group at all and then they're going to hit knockout and be rather untested is i think really hurts them yeah i agree um so do we all we all have spain winning this group yep okay yes. very good let's let's get in let's get into the group of death uh group f um I should also point out the group E is being hosted in uh, Sevilla and St. Petersburg. So that's where the, the matches will be taking place. Group F uh, is being hosted by uh, Munich and Budapest. And it features France, Germany, Hungary, and Portugal. Um, three of the what top six teams in the world right now with France, Germany, and Portugal. Yeah. How, how did this happen? Was somebody just down and qualifying? Like, early like how did they even don't they usually break it out into groups when they do the draw and you're only supposed to get like one a team one b team like how did this uh, that's a good question i don't know how euro the euro draw normally works i think it's it's i think for this one it was there was the, the host countries and so the host uh, countries, sure. so germany was was in this group because munich's in germany you know obviously and and so um i think that was the original plan but um yeah anyways it, England and, and Scotland got put in the same group because London and Glasgow both ended up hosting. London wasn't originally supposed to be a host city, supposed to be Brussels. But yeah, like things kind of got fucked up from the group stage because of how the host cities and trying to stay close to people's base camps work. Yeah. So all right. Boys, let's 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 talk France. Uh the reigning World Cup champions. Uh France are the co-favorites with England at plus 500 who wants to, uh, I mean, I, you know, whatever, who wants to talk about France? France is a really good soccer team. Um, they're really good. They have a lot of household names. They play very cohesive, uh, despite coming from, you know, probably 10 different best clubs in Europe. I will give uh, Dan another chance to shit on a Tottenham player, one Hugo Lloris. Uh, Lloris is, you know, he, he is past his prime. I, and I say that somewhat objectively. Um, he's not the, the peerless shot stopper that he was perhaps four or five years ago. Um, he, I, I think he is legitimately the weak link on this team, but less because he's super bad, most because the rest of the team is fantastic. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they divvy up time up front. Uh, Kareem Benzema was reintroduced to the squad after being exiled for blackmailing a, uh, a, a teammate. So, you know, that's not, not great. A little different from like a torn ACL. Uh, maybe should have kept him out a little longer. I, I kind of hate Kareem Benzema. Uh, he then also got hurt in qualifying. So we'll see how much he plays. Perhaps the most interesting thing about this team in the attack is it's completely fantastic players at a, at the club level. So uh, Griezmann is here. Mbappe is here. Uh, Lilian Taram's son, Marcus, uh, is here. But arguably the at the country level, Olivier Giroud might be their best striker. He's the second leading scorer in French history, uh, just behind Thierry Henry. And if he gets consistent time at this tournament, could pass him. So it's kind of in a specialist phase now, although it comes in great header, 30 minutes, like he's, he's high efficiency, but we, we really think he's, you know, at the level of uh, Griezmann and Mbappe right now. I mean, 
no, not as a total player. But yeah. all I'm saying, and, and Arsenal fans ran into this too when he played for us, there's a lot of things Giroud doesn't do that you would like a striker to do or that you think he might be, he should do better. But the ball goes in the back of the net. He's just that guy. You're like, he didn't really run at all. His positioning actually isn't great. He probably could have gotten two steps further into the box and made this a very simple header, but he didn't. But he still scored on the much more complex header. So you can't really complain about it. Uh, Yeah, I won't belabor this. France is an amazing squad. And it'll be, if they don't win at all, it'll be interesting to find out why. Because there's no obviously terrible player, except for uh, the aforementioned Tottenham players. MJ. One name that isn't a household name, or at least wasn't to me, but I, like, recently, Atletico Madrid player uh, Tomas Lamar, uh, if he's only 25, and for those who haven't watched a lot of Atletico Madrid or don't watch France looking at some of the lesser-known names, like, you watch the Griezmann, the Paul Bogba's, the Mbappes, but, like, watch Thomas Lamar. He's, he's a midfielder with really great field vision. Um, and uh, a soccer IQ that is beyond his, his 25-year-old age. So, And having a holding pair of him and N'Golo Kante, who has arguably been the best midfielder in the world for the last you know, four years, just in a, a holding instead of attacking, so he gets less credit. I mean, that's, that's the heart of France right there, is those two guys who will recycle possession uh, and, and stop a lot of opposing attacks. Yeah, I mean, they're you like... You said something nice about a Chelsea player, Dan. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's how good Conte is. Like, yeah. you can't say bad things about him just because he plays for Chelsea. He's yeah. too good for that. <laughs> I, like, I don't know their defenders that well, and it's probably a product of just, like, fantasy sports. But, I mean, just as far as, like, their midfielders and forwards, it's like a goddamn all-star team. So, anyway, that's why I want they're one of the favorites, right? So. Les Bleus. That's correct. Viva. Uh all right, let's talk about one of the other favorites, uh, Germany, uh, plus 900. Um, I mean, what – so this this is a German team, actually, that is uh, – um, they are coming off a very disappointing 2018 when they got knocked out of uh, the World Cup in the, in the group stage, um, defending champions, obviously, and they did not make it out of the group stage they have brought back in some players that were, had been formerly exiled from the German national team. Uh, anybody have any specific thoughts on, on Germany? I will not be betting on Germany spoiler for the, the upcoming segment, because to me, even with Muller and Kai Havertz uh, and Kevin Volland, who I think has fallen off a little bit, so much of this team's fortune to me rests with Timo Werner and Two years ago, I would have said, that's a good thing. Timo Werner yeah. is a great scorer, and he still does a lot of attacking things really, really well. Um, I think some of the criticism he doesn't deserve, but the, the truth is, in exact opposition to Olivier Giroud, the ball doesn't go in the net for him anymore. And I realize that like that's true until it's not. And maybe maybe he breaks out of this, and next season he's great for Chelsea, whatever. But it's in his head. You, you can see him in front of goal, taking too many thoughts his touches are fine thoughts too many and that scares me it scares me when a key player for a team has the yips and that's absolutely what's going on with him so i 
Germany at plus 900. If he snaps out of it in their first game, they instantly become the favorite, and that's an incredible bet to get plus 900 on a team this good. But uh, I, I don't think he does. I think he needs downtime, and he hasn't gotten it since Chelsea season started. Yeah, I, I have her being the other Chelsea forward on the German squad. He's really good. Yeah, I mean, Dan, Dan, your point is is one hundred percent correct. Like, there's there's so many good pieces on this team, and I don't think since twenty eighteen we've seen them, or since twenty fourteen, honestly, have seen them put it together correctly and properly for uh, a deep run uh, seven, you know, seven matches in, in a tournament. So um, it really is like, you know, you look at like guys like Ilke Gundogan who uh, just ran the show for city all year, basically. And was honestly maybe the best player in the, in the EPL last year. Um, but, but you're right. And, you know, Leroy Sané who, just tore it up for uh, Bayern Munich this year. Um, but yeah, Werner, you're right. People, you got to put the ball in the back of the net. And that is, that's the big thing. So um, I like Germany. I think, I think Germany's going to find a way, but uh, I, I, it is a, it is a, it's more of a risky bet than I think a lot of people think it is. So, uh, all right. Hungary uh, at plus 40,000. Uh, does anybody have any thoughts on, the Hungarian national team. I honestly feel bad for him. In a, in a different group, we could be talking about, yeah, you know, this is an interesting squad. They've got some interesting players. Maybe they can, they, they don't even have a hope of finishing third. They, they, got will, a shit, fi- they will finish fourth. They got a shit draw. Uh, that's yeah, for yeah, sure. They really so. did. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about the potential third place team, I guess, uh, in the, in this, in this, uh, <laughs> Portugal. Um, <laughs> The uh, are they? Yeah, they're the they're the reigning uh, Euro champions. Uh, they won it in 2016. Portugal's plus 900. Uh, obviously, you have Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, they have lots of other really good young players. Uh, who wants to talk about Portugal? I haven't winning the group, so I'll I'll jump on this one. Uh, God, this team is so good. Uh, honestly. Cristiano Ronaldo isn't their best player anymore. Uh, I think that honor goes to Bernard Silva, or sorry, Bruno Fernandes. Well, uh, although Silva was good for City. No, Bruno Fernandes really pulling the strings. You have this inc- incredible midfield. Uh, Do you see the, the, the last goal Bruno Fernandes scored today in their friendly against Israel? No, but I saw them amazing. light up Israel. <laughs> it's fucking amazing, yeah. Yeah, beat them 4 nothing. I mean, this is a team that can beat you a lot of ways. If you lock down the box and force their strikers to beat you, okay, that's Joao Felix, that's Diogo Jota, that's Cristiano Ronaldo. Those guys are each capable of taking over games and winning them single-handedly. They all did it at some point last year. Their midfield connects passes incredibly well. Their defenders attack downfield well. If this team, this is a team that I think will be hurt by this particular tournament structure, but they are incredibly athletic. They're going to hurt a lot of teams with their speed, do they have in in Anthony Lopez or Rui Patricio? I actually don't know who's going to start. Do they have a keeper who can steal a tournament? Probably not. But the other ten guys on the field, I think 
almost every one of them, down to even a guy like Nelson Semedo, who I like a lot for Wolves. I think that this, I cannot tell you the type of game that this team is guaranteed to lose. So the fact that no one can say, well, we'll just play our game and make them adapt and have that be a, a, a good strategy. That's why I'm picking them to win this group. And I think Germany is actually the loser of the three. It's fair. MJ or Grady, you guys got anything else to add? I still say France and Germany kick their ass, but uh, I do think, I mean, Dan, you make a great point. If Portugal is allowed to play how they like to play, they are dangerous and scary. Yeah, I mean, they've got great players, right? I mean, nobody would be surprised. I mean, you've got Ronaldo, Fernandez, like you said, has been playing great, Moutinho. I mean, they uh, they got a lot of players, so, you know, have a few players, have a good day, and it's not like it would be this tremendous upset, you know. How many red cards will Pep get in the tournament? <laughs> it's a fair question. I'm going to take the under on one. Uh, all right, so Dan has uh, Portugal winning. Uh, MJ, who do you got winning this group? France. The group of death. France? France. Okay. Uh, Eric? France. Viva la France. I'll, you know what? Fuck it, guys. I'm going to take Germany. Why the fuck not? Let's, let's get it weird. So, uh, all right. So now we've gotten to the, the, the point where we are actually going to uh, bet some of our actual money. Uh, we're Spoiler alert, we're not betting actual money on this. Um, so if you had $100... Uh, who are you betting on to win the tournament? So the odds that we've, that we discussed uh, throughout the, the podcast, um, you can bet all of it on one team. You can bet, you can split it up. Um, Dan, let's start with you. $100, who are you betting it on? I'm going to split this two ways. I'm going to take Portugal at, port, at a plus 900 with 50. And then on the off chance that, England doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, face, and groin. Uh, I'm going to throw the other 50 on them at plus 500. All right. Sounds good. MJ. I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take uh, Belgium and spend most of my money on Belgium. Uh, let's just say 70 bucks on Belgium. Okay. And then I'll probably put 20 bucks on Spain and then I'll put 10 bucks just for shits and giggles on a team like, uh, uh, what was the Turkey? Okay. Uh, Grady. Yeah, there's so many things, I guess just the ones that jumped out to me right away was Belgium, Netherlands and Italy. Um, I like the price on those. So I would probably split it three ways. I think the Italy, the one that I, one of the ones I saw was Italy 1100 and same with Netherlands. Those seems like pretty good prices for some pretty good teams. So I would try to go with that value. All right. Uh, guys, I'm, I'm putting, uh, uh, 50 bucks on Germany at plus 900. I think they are undervalued there. I'm putting $10 on the Netherlands at plus 14. I think they're very, very undervalued at that point. Um, I'm putting $10 on Croatia at plus 3,300 just because. Um, why the fuck not? Modric. 
it gets me at $70. I have 30 bucks left to, to spend. Um, Scotland. Poland no. at plus 8,000. What's that? Poland at plus 8,000. Uh no, I, I I actually I think Italy's is, is a good shot. I'll put fifteen bucks on Italy at plus eight hundred, and then um I will put the other fifteen dollars on uh Portugal at plus nine hundred. So there we go. Uh, and then if you had just a a twenty bu- twenty dollar bill to throw at a a, a a long shot team, who would be your long shot team? And I will, I will go first. I'll say, you know what? Honestly, uh, fucking Scotland. Why not? <laughs> they knock off. They knock off England. So if, I had, but if I had a free, free twenty bucks, I was just gonna throw, throw it at a, uh, yeah, a random. Um, definitely not gonna win this tournament team. Let's go Scotland. So MJ, Finland, beautiful, Dan. I was also going to take Finland, but uh, I'll leave that one for MJ oh, no, and I'll throw it up. No, I'll, I'll take Ukraine at, at a plus 10,000. Oh, good. Choice. Brady. Um, I'll take the other uh, island portion of the island and go Wales. Then maybe uh, Gareth Bale goes crazy or something. It's launched. There, there you go. All right. Uh, let's get some. We have some. We actually have some specific uh, uh questions related to the euro uh podcast here uh what communities can muster the most number of supporters casuals at bars in twin cities uh here in central Iowa, ohio there's a macedonian community of note but i haven't had have the slightest idea to hang out other than a massive cathedral in the suburbs this is a, a friend from a, call, a question from our friend justin um so MJ, you have, you had, a, you had a story about croatians and uh danish i told that story already about yeah being at, at Merlin's rest and there were two tables of Croatian fans and a sea of Denmark fans. Yeah. And they were just super fun. Um, I it's, don't know of any like Croatian bar or like where there's a, a sea of Croatian fans, but like, I just love that there are Croatian fans in the twin cities with Croatian heritage that like absolutely love. Cause there are a lot, a lot more in Milwaukee and I kind of feel like the, the Twin Cities is known for other Eastern European uh, diasporas, uh, Russia, uh, Czech, Ukraine. But uh, yeah, it's super cool to see Croatian fans out at a bar. Um, I do know there are Spanish groups, uh, English groups, uh, Scottish groups, and German groups. Like uh, the German, uh, the Die Mannschaft uh, supporters are heavily uh, overlapped with the Bayern Munich Twin Cities uh, supporters. And so they meet at the local to watch Germany games. Uh, there is a, a uh, where did you say you caught, David, all those uh, Spain fans were? That at Brits? The local Brits? You said, local? you said the Netherlands. Oh. When the, that was at uh fuck what was the name of that bar? It was right it's right by Target Field, but it's on this the other side of Target Center. Glicks. Not Glicks. Across the Oh, street the Glicks. Irish one. Yes, oh, the Irish Kieran's. one. Kieran's. Yes. That's that's where uh So yeah, I'm Kieran's. guessing a lot of Spain fans go to Kieran's. I'm guessing a lot of them also go to the local. Um there are pockets of English fans. Uh, just due to how big the Premier League is in the Twin Cities, 
Um, they might not all congregate together, but the Everton fans will all that are from England will all cheer for England together. Um, Arsenal fans are Manchester United fans, you know, based on their supporters group here in the Twin Cities, we'll get together and cheer for England together. Um, if there is a like single England bar that I don't know about, someone t- uh, Twitter at me. I'd be surprised if it's not Brits. So you all should watch these matches, by the way, at the Black Heart of St. Paul, um, my local gay soccer pub um, that I will probably be at most mornings watching North Macedonia play soccer for some God forsaken reason uh, and letting my son run around with a lightsaber or something. So if you, if you want to join me, that's where I will be. So uh, Dan or Eric, do you guys have any, any other thoughts on who's going to, which, which supporters are going to show up for, for matches? No, I mean, I wish I sounds interesting. I wish I knew, you know, more bars that were like that, that had like a local culture like that. I mean, even like the ones that say they do like a, you know, gassed offs, it's more, I don't know how many actual Germans go there. Right. I mean, they play like polka music and you drink out of a boot, but I don't know if, you know, so whatever you can say, these bars are clicks is this, or this is this, but I mean, I don't know if people actually go watch football there. Yeah. It'd be cool. Tweet at us if there's a, a cool spot where people are going. <clears throat> yes please that, do um i will probably be at the blackheart at i will be at blackheart uh friday when this kicks off it's italy versus turkey um it's 2 p.m that's going to be an intriguing game that italy should dominate but the style of play is going to be very different between the two countries so it'll be intriguing just from the salvage yeah. Uh, all right. Next question. Uh, so <laughs> Doreen asks, what should I, what should do? This is her words, not mine. What should do with all these volunteer tom- tomato and tomatillo plants that have emerged unbidden from the strawberry bed? Is it an omen? Um, I responded to her. I was like, I will, I said, I will take all your tomatillos. I will make the shit awesome tomatillo salsa. Um, but Eric actually has an answer to this question. Kind of. Not not really. All I know is like just with my raspberry bushes, they're super invasive. And every year I just have to till the crap out of it or they'll take over my garden in like two years. So I honestly like you can try to like put down mulch to stomp stuff out. But I mean, it just you got to like weed. I don't I honestly I mean, I don't know anything particular, but I, I hear what she's saying. Like, it's annoying when plants you don't want in there like take over your shit it's like yeah no i've got four raspberry bushes i'm good i don't need like a 12 by 14 <laughs> like raspberry fucking you know palace in my backyard i mean yeah, uh the, the best gardening advice i ever got was uh a weed is defined as anything that's growing where you don't want it to grow so just because these things can produce things that you can eat doesn't mean that you need to cultivate them uh and also uh Tomato plants will grow up over your strawberries and potentially kill them. So if that's really what you're going for, if you want strawberries, pull out the tomatoes and tomatillos. Now you could pot them if you wanted in soil and cultivate them that way. But just because you could eat it doesn't mean you have to. So if the best course of treatment is to pull them and kill them, that is well within your rights as a gardener. I planted my strawberries in a completely separate area so that they would be on their own, basically. I just 
So anyway. Uh, all right. Our friend uh, Josh E at Easy Ha on Twitter asks, I'll be wearing my Iceland jersey. Can I hope for another Scolarella story? Um, Josh, I, I, I regret to inform you that Iceland did not qualify for Euros this year. So um, Scolarella, not really. MJ? If you want to transfer your Nordic uh, love of a soccer club, you, you could go with Denmark being the more popular choice or the longer shot being Sweden without Zlatan Zibahimovic. I mean, Denmark, fin- really was the, Denmark was the impetus of the, you know, the Vikings that populated Iceland. So, I mean, it's really. That is true. Yeah. Iceland was, was owned by, uh, by uh, Denmark for a long time. So. Yeah. Uh, wasn't, wasn't Trump just trying to buy it from them recently? Greenland. Greenland. Yeah. Yeah, make, Greenland. It, make a deal. Yeah, Greenland. So, uh, currently owned by Denmark. And then, yes, yeah. Uh, and then, all right, finally, and then uh, JJ's America, JJ, America's favorite boy, our, our friend Jesse. Uh, he he has a question, very simple question, boys. I think we we can all give uh, give him an answer. Who should I be rooting for in this thing? Also, I completely forgot about the Euros happening, but I'm pretty hyped about it. So, who should JJ, uh, our friend Jesse, uh, cheer for in the Euros? I say you hop on the Belgian bandwagon, but I'm really biased there. That's fair. Eric? Um, Mbappe. He's the best. And um, you won't, you know, you can't go wrong. <clears throat> yeah, that's fair. Dan? Pick a fun team for the group stage. Uh, my vote would be Scotland, but you could also become the world's most massive North Macedonian fan or any one of these other teams that uh, has no prayer of reaching the group stage. But or sorry, that has no prayer for reaching the knockout stage, but will be fun to watch for their three games. And then once the knockout stage is confirmed, transfer your allegiance to someone who's got a shot at winning it. Uh, can't go wrong with Belgium or France. Honestly, the answer here is anybody but England. Don't cheer for England. <laughs> That's that is one hundred percent true. JJ, I, I'm 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 telling you, uh, become a fan of the Orange, uh, Netherlands, Holland fucking jump on board because they have not won a tournament in a long fucking time and they're due they're they're very much due and it will suck that they're not they're gonna win this tournament without virgil van dyke but they're gonna win this tournament so um around just gonna pretend that one of their players is robin and just yell robin right right (laughs) all right last time the netherlands won the euro which is the only tournament they've won 1988 Right. So they're due is what is what you're saying, MJ. Um, I want to say a big thank you to uh, to Dan, to MJ, to Grady for for jumping on and, and doing this. Um, please rate review the podcast wherever you listen to it. Uh, Patreon.com slash Dave's I know to get on that beer stuff uh, at TDIKM and on Twitter. I'm at Texas Hour. Dan's at D Wade. MJ's at MJ Matsui. Our good friend Jessica has a Twitter handle that I'm not going to read. Uh, Grady, if you want to follow uh, Eric Grady uh, at Big Game Grade A27, at Big Game Grade A27, please give him a follow. Um, please, he's a, he's a good guy. Uh, thank you so much for all your of your support. Thank you. We are the Dave's. You know. We are the Dave's. You know this is. Do 
land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Nah, yo, I can't do nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. GT. He don't do nothing at all. G-O. He don't do nothing at all. Uh-huh. My guy, King. He don't do nothing at all. The mass line.